James chapter 4. In verse 7, if you use the Bible app, I do have the notes that are there. Uh, if this second service goes like the first, I probably won't touch half of the verses that I've got, but it'll be good for you to study, and to dig a little deeper if you'd like to. James chapter 4, in verse 7, I've entitled this message, The Foe, The Fight, The Flight. The Foe, The Fight, and the flight. Let's say it all together. The, the, and, that's right. James 4, 7. You'll see these elements here. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Let your joy to gloom. I'll explain that. I know that sounds heavy and, and, and gloomy, but it's, it's not that bad. You'll see. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Hallelujah. I believe for that today. Let's pray. Let's welcome the Lord. Let's ask for his anointing. That he'll speak to us through his word today. Come on, let's ask the Lord. Lord, we just do, we commit this word to you. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our midst. I pray, Lord, that you would release an anointing all across this room. Come on, church, if you have the liberty, pray with your spirit right now. I pray for an anointing to begin to saturate this atmosphere, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears that hear and a heart and mind that perceives what your spirit is speaking to us today. Lord, I pray, even as Jesus, you had an anointing to preach good news to those who are in need. I pray for that same anointing, oh God, to rest upon my life. And according to your word, I resist the enemy. And God, as we're submitted to you, he must flee. So I pray today, Lord, give us liberty in receiving your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. I have so enjoyed the book of James and preaching through this book. Uh, has it been a blessing to you? I, I hope it's stretching you if you've not. Uh, been a part of the other messages, you can go back. We keep them all on YouTube. I trim them up and, you know, just narrow it down to the message there so you can always track that down. But James, uh, we've kind of come to a, a, a real climax here in the, in the book. Uh, we've dealt with a number of topics in, in previous weeks. We've dealt with personal favoritism. Listen, you've got uh, more money or less money, so I'm going to treat you a certain way. You've got a certain skin color, so I'm going to give you preference. We've dealt with the damages of the tongue and how we can create or we can destroy. We talked about demonic wisdom and the wisdom that comes from above, heavenly. We talked about where wars and uh, whether it's inside the house of God where turmoil and strife happens as well as even wars that happen in the world. All of this, all of this comes down to this one idea if you humble yourself, God will lift you up. In fact, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I preached on the, on the verse just before this that says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Everybody say, I'm humble. Do you feel proud when you say, I'm humble? I'm so humble. 
But we went through an exercise, and, and, and this is so important, church, if, if I can encourage us in any one thing. I want, no matter who or what God brings into our church, no matter what is happening, I want to always remain in this posture of humility. That we always recognize, Lord, the miracles that are being released, the people that are being saved, the marriages that are being restored, the demons that are being cast out. God, I recognize that none of this is me. It's not because I'm so wonderful. It's not because Kings is better than anybody else. We recognize, Lord, that what you're doing is sovereign. It is you. You receive the glory. You receive all the credit. I'm t- That's where our church began, friend. We were flying back and forth. My wife on Tuesday night preached, uh, uh, and she did preach in our Discover track, telling the story of this church and how it came to be. And I'm telling you, my faith got stirred. I, I about got born again all over again. It was amazing. And we were talking about these days where we were flying over. We'd fly over here on Tuesday morning, and we'd have Bible study. And when we first started coming over here, Minister Adele was the only person in Kona that we knew. Minister Rylan and Leah would come over with us uh, on their own dime. They would pay for themselves, and they would fly over here on their own. And we had a couple church family friends who had come down from Honoka'a, our King's Church that's up there. And so for the first number of weeks, we didn't have anybody from Kona, from the community, showing up. And I remember we were about a month into our meetings, and we were driving. I could take you to the exact place where I was driving. And the Lord prompted me, and, I, and this is what I prayed. Jesus, you told Peter that on this rock I will build my church. I, Jesus, will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I reminded Jesus, I said, Jesus, you said you would build your church. I'm not building this church. Minister Adele's not building this church. Dr. Morocco's not building this church. Jesus, you are building this church church. And so, Lord, we line up with what you desire to do right here in this island. Well, we show up to the Bible study that night, and for the first time, the first family from Kona showed up. I don't know if they were here in the first service. Jonathan and Deb Nehru, they show up. In fact, uh, they weren't here for very long because we hadn't trained our door greeters yet. Uh, so when somebody showed up, it was actually one of our pastors who was here for a DTS. Um, she pastors in Japan, and she was greeting. And she assumed when somebody from the community showed up, she assumed that she was there, that this family was there for, like, another conference meeting around the corner. So she's like, oh, you guys are here for that meeting. It's in the other room room. And then we realized, like, no, they're here for the church. But they were already out the door. Leah literally chased the Nehru's out into the parking lot because they were the first family. It was the first family from Kona. So she goes out there, and we end up talking with them, meeting with them, and you guys, everybody, you all know the Nehru's, don't you? Uh, uh, I'll brag on them because they're not here right now. 
Oh, they're in security. They're working right now. They're working. And, uh, but I'm telling you, these guys have been, and you know what's so cool? How many of you have had Jonathan Nehru chase you in the parking lot because you, uh, you were walking, you, you, you had a con- This guy, no, for real. We've had people that come into the church and they leave a couple minutes early, and Jonathan will do exactly what my wife did that day. She'll, he'll chase him out into the parking lot and, hey, you know, just make sure that they're not wandering off, whatever. I, I love it. I love it. But I just, I, I, I'm reminded of these moments, and it's why it's so important for us to tell these stories. You guys, we're sitting in a miracle right now. This building, God directed me through a dream where to go. The land that we're sitting on was bought. A 30-year relationship. Dr. Morocco ends up sitting on a plane next to a business owner who owned this property I mean, random, flying from L.A. back to Hawaii. He ends up sitting next to this guy, and they're talking about a building. They're trying, well, where's the building? Oh, it's right here. Oh, I own that property. Would you sell it to us? I mean, you guys, uh, we shared the story this last. It is, it's insane. And I look at what God is doing. I look at the people. I mean, the fact that I'm preaching to a room full of people right now. I look, guys, I cannot tell you how often I just take a step back and like, God, what you have done, it's amazing. Guys, I believe that God positioned us here to be a spirit-filled revival hub for not only this island, but to launch people all around the world. And whether we've got uh, several hundred people or whether we have thousands, I commit to you, we're always going to remain in that posture. God, it's still all you. Jesus, you are still building your church, and I only want to be in line with what you are doing. Don't ever let me stray. Don't let me for one moment get a, get a big head and say, oh, it's because of my preaching. Oh, it's because I'm so whatever. Oh, it's because we've got the best this or that. Guys, you notice we don't got a lot of technology going on in this place, but we have the presence of God. And it's what I cherish more than anything. We must stay low in order to host what God is doing. And he's going to continue to do it. How many of you believe? Come on, the greatest move of God is ahead of us. It's not behind us. The greatest outpouring of the Spirit is still ahead of us. It's not behind us. And guess what? You get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of it. You get to join the miracle story of what God is doing. What a privilege. So, we're going to stay low. Now, look, I, I gave you the points already, and I, I spent too much time telling that first part. But look here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the three. We're going to talk about the foe. We're going to talk about the fight. And we're going to talk about the flight, if I have time. Numbers, uh, verse 7 in James chapter 4 says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Everybody say submit. I know that's not a, that's not a good word today, is it? Uh, we don't like that word submit. But friend, I'm t- submission is all throughout scripture. And you want to watch. You know where authority comes from? You want to know where promotion comes from? You want to know where God's favor comes from? It's under, even, even promises of long life. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And it's the first 
it, the Bible says it's the first given with a promise attached to it that it may go well with you and that you will live long. Remind your children this when they get lip. Remind your children this. You want to live a long life or do you want to die? That's straight Bible, friend. That is straight Bible. Apple's pointing at her son right here on the front. Remember that comma. No, the Bible talks a lot about this. The Bible talks a lot about this. The Bible says that we're to stay under the covering of authority. And that's literally, when it says submit to God, that's actually a military term. It means to come to attention under the commanding officer. And that's what you do when you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. You come to him as a commanding officer. Lord, it's not my will, it's your will now. You're my Lord, you're my God, you're my King. Where you command me to go, I will go. I will do what you ask me to do. But the Bible says that we're to have that same type of uh, submission to authority in the realm of our parents. Hallelujah. That's Luke 2, 51. The Bible says, oh, you're all going to like this one, I know. We're all to submit to governing authorities, Romans 13, 1. You like that one? That means pay your taxes. Hallelujah. That means uh, pray for your president. And he needs our prayers. He probably doesn't even know where he is today. And so whether you, whether you like the president or your governor or whoever it might be, friend, we submit to it. We all, and, and you say, well, pastor, what about, what about, you know, social distancing or this and that? Well, you know, we kept our church open because we do believe that the Bible is supreme over this. And when the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor, we're going we're gonna to meet. And we did that. And we did that. But to the best of our ability, if it doesn't violate Scripture, we're going to honor, we're going to submit to, and we're going to pray for our governmental authorities. The Bible says the same thing about church order. Ephesians 5, 24. Friend, you want to be lifted up in this church? How do you become a part of your, these prophetic teams? Or how do I become a minister? Well, get in the process. I was bragging on Minister Rylin in the first service. This guy started out as a bus kid. Go knock on every door in this, in this community. And he did it. Go drive this bus. And he did it. And boy, those buses, you know, he was growing in faith in some of the buses that he was driving there. Doors would fall off and, and wheels. I mean, he was praying in the Holy Ghost so the wheels would stay on that vehicle. It was amazing. Grow his faith. But God has elevated him over and over. When we met him, man, we would just, we'd have him cleaning out closets We'd have him reorganizing different areas and praise God, but he was faithful in it. He was faithful. And you've watched as God has elevated him and anointed him. And boy, what he walks in today, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely incredible. He's a minister in our church. Wow. Get plugged into a life group. Find a place that you can serve. Have someone who can boss you. We all need people who can boss you around, you realize. You know that? Go join, go hang around Judy and Darren. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Darren's as mean as he looks, man. You need a guy like him. Slap you upside the head and say, hey, don't be talking like that. And you want this woman of God praying for you. That's the value of getting in a life group, friend. I'm telling you, you got to have people like that. I've got accountability within my marriage. The Bible says that you are to submit one to another. Yeah, I am the head under Christ, and my wife is submitted to me. But the very next verse in Ephesians says that submit to one another. And there's areas, listen, I know I'm a dummy, and I need her wisdom. 
Hallelujah. Come on, every husband say amen. I know that I need her. I was talking in the first service about how there's moments where it's like, Leah, you know, we, we pray for one another. There's a safety. There's a protection in this kind of thing, right? Which, you know, something popped up on my phone, and I'm not going to hide this thing. I'm not going to brush it under the rug. I need you to pray for me. Any defilement that has come. And my kids model this too. Mom, Dad, I saw a butt cheek at the beach. Pray for me. Okay, we're not going to break that. That image isn't going to stick with you any longer. All right, and we pray. I had a guy cussing me out. My, I had a car overheat on me a few weeks ago. And this guy pulls up behind me. He's just hollering, cussing at me. And, boy, it made me angry. I mean, it messed with me. And I went home and I said, Leah, you need to pray for me. That thing, there's, there's something ugly that that guy was spewing on me, and I'm not going to receive it. I'm not going to walk in it. And she prays. She lays hands on me. You know, if I need it, she'll slap me and, uh, and knock me in place. And uh, you need people like that in your life. If you're not married, get in a life group. Get in a ministry. Get in a place where you got some people who can speak into your life, who can see from a different perspective, who can pray and cover you in the spirit. Authority is so important, church. The Bible says, as you're rightly submitted, then we take our stand against the devil. If you submit to God and resist the devil, what must he do? He must flee. That's a good promise, friend. That's a good promise. And we need to learn. I'm going to teach you some deep theology now. If you've been in any of my deliverance teaching, this will sound familiar to you. But I want you to write this down. This is going to help you a lot. This is Deliverance 101. Write this down. God is good. Okay, write this down. This is deep. God is good. Have you got it? All right, here's the second thing I need you to know. The devil is bad. Whoa. You need to understand this. You need to understand this. As you submit to God and resist the devil, he must leave. John 10.10, Jesus said, the devil, the thief, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So listen to me. There are moments where people get sick, and I've heard foolish pastors even say things like, well, God must be teaching you a lesson right now. That is straight from hell, friend. The devil's territory is to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says that my Jesus went around doing good, laying hands on the sick, and, and all who were oppressed of the devil were healed. I do not see a single instance in Scripture where Jesus came and laid hands and healed everybody, but this guy, well, we need some life lessons, so we're going to impart some sickness into his life. But how many of you have heard pastors say things like that? Well, we just don't know the will of God. I know the will of God. I know the will of God. Jesus was so serious about his will to heal that he shed blood that you could be healed. That's how serious he is about healing. It's the same thing. Well, maybe God wants you to be in poverty so that uh, he can teach you a lesson. No. I, show me that verse. Well, pastor, what about, let me, let me tell you one thing that's come into my heart in this last week. I heard somebody say, well, you know, what about, what about the rich young ruler? Jesus asked him to sell everything, give to the poor, and come and follow Jesus. Well, what about that, Pastor Jacob? So is it God's will to prosper everybody? Absolutely. You know who else he asked to sell everything and come follow him? Peter. 
all of his disciples? And guess what? They did it. And you might remember an occasion in Matthew 19. I'm going to help some of you. I'm going to break a mindset that is in some of, some of you guys right now. In Matthew 19, Peter says, Jesus, we left everything to follow you. And Jesus, Jesus did not say, well, bless God, one day when you're in heaven, you're going you're gonna to reap the reward. That's not what he said. He said, Peter and to his disciples, anyone who has left who has left houses, who has left property, who's left friends or family, you will receive 100-fold in this life and in eternity, eternal life. You hear me? So I, I began, I, I read that thing and I'm like, whoa. It just spoke to me in a way that I, I'd never seen it before. And so I told Leah, Leah, we've given up houses. We've given up cars. We've left family. And friends, look how many friends I've got now. But I said, you know, we, we gave up a house. You know, when we put our house on the market in Dallas, we, uh, we had how many offers? 26 or 30 or 36 offers in one day. A couple cash offers. But there was one young couple, had just had a baby, didn't have a lot of money. And they only got pre-approved for a certain amount. We chose to give it to that couple even though it was almost 20000 less than one of the cash offers because we wanted to be a blessing to a new family. And I'm like, you know what? We bought that house for $140,000. That's a Texas house. That was a nice house too. You couldn't buy a shed behind somebody else's house in Hawaii for that. But I said, Leah. Jesus said that if we've left houses, we would receive a hundredfold in this. I'm not just believing for a mansion in heaven. I do believe for that. But Jesus said, in this life. So I said, what's 140,000 times 100? That's 1.4 million. So that's what my house is going to be. That's what my house is going to be right here in Hawaii. Someone's going to give it to me. I believe for that. I don't know, some of you guys looking at me cross-eyed like, what are you talking about? That's Jesus, man. Those words are in red, okay? And this is not some verse taken out of context, but that is what I'm believing for. Why? Because God is good. I want us to be so blessed that we can be generous on every occasion, church. All right, so we need to, we need to put the blame where it belongs. God, God didn't make you poor. God has not stripped you of, you know, your ability to generate wealth. God is not striking you with sickness. No, God is good. Say it with me. God is God is good. Who's bad? Devil's bad. That's some that's some prime theology right now. The minute somebody comes and says to you, "Well, God must be teaching me something because I'm going through X, Y, and Z." Like, no. Put the blame where it belongs. You have a foe. For real, and it's the devil. God didn't do that. God didn't do that. All right, I better move on. Second, verse 8, it says this, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, purify your hearts, double-minded. And then what does it say? It, um, 
lament, mourn, weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, let your joy be turned to gloom. Now, this is not a commandment for everybody in this place. Listen, stop smiling. We need to be gloomy. We need to be sad. That's not what this is saying. No, it's saying that sinners, double-minded, those who are far from God, yes, you should weep, you should lament, you should mourn, you should let your laughter, that's actually like a mocking laughter. That people would lift up. Well, God is calling you to repent. God's not serious about my sin. That's what he's talking about right there. That's not a big deal. God takes this stuff seriously. And you'll notice God is dealing with a couple things right here. It talks about how, in fact, oh, if you're taking notes, this is the second one. This is the fight. There's going to be a continual fight against our flesh. Yes, there's spiritual warfare. There's areas, and and we need to learn to discern between what is spirit and what is flesh. Because I've had people come to me, Pastor Jacob, I I need deliverance because I can't stop X, Y, and Z. And uh, and it's fine, man. I, I cast out a lot of demons. We'll go into your house and cast out demons. We'll lay hands on, whatever. We'll do that kind of stuff. But I've had people like, bro, this is not a this is not a deliverance issue. You need some discipline in your life. Stop getting on the internet at one in the morning when you're by yourself. This is a discipline issue. I'm, conversely, I've had people that come to me and they're like, well, surely this is not spiritual. Surely the devil can't touch me. And I'm like, bro, the devil's jacking with you right now. We need to break that thing off of your life. I see it through the generations. I see it operating, and we're going to break that thing off of your life. And so we need to learn to discern. There are times where it's the foe, the devil, who's, who's coming against us. And, friend, the Bible says you submit to God, you resist the devil, he's gone. But you got to identify him. you got to resist him. But then there's moments. And look, at it breaks it down. I, I like what it says. It talks about how cleanse your hands. Everyone say hands. And then it says purify your hearts. Everyone say hearts. So you're dealing with external things and internal. And we can have sin that we, that we do, right, that we, uh, that we commit sin. But then there's also moments that, man, I'm thinking violent or angry. I'm, I'm thinking perverse things, and that's a sin of the heart. But I love, you want to know what the solution? Guys, this is so easy. I want you to hear me on this. If you're struggling in your flesh to gain victory over sin, whether it's sin that you're committing or whether it's sin that's in your heart, the solution is the same. Are you ready for this? It's easy. It's easy. Draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Get close to God, and he will draw near to you. It's a wonderful thing. And the Bible says we draw first, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. That means you don't have to figure out all your junk before you come to Jesus. Friend, come to Jesus with all your mess. Come to Jesus with your messed up heart. Praise God, because if you'll draw near to him, oh, He will draw near to you. He'll draw near. Let me give you a couple verses, and then we're going to pray. 
The Bible says it's good, Psalm 27, 8. It is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I might declare His works. Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience in our bodies, washed with pure water. Oh, my. One of my favorite verses, write this down. This is a good one to memorize. Psalm 27, verse 8. Have you guys got that? Psalm 27, verse 8. I want you to read this with me. The Bible says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. My heart has heard you say, come, talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Oh, my goodness. Do you guys realize, I I just want you to think about this. God Almighty, creator of the universe, wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. Like, you guys realize what we have the privilege of walking in. There was a time where God called the children of Israel, I want to talk to you. And everybody's like, we'll just send Moses. We'll let him talk to God for us. And and so God did, and it set up this whole system where through a priest, through a mediator, God would communicate. But when Jesus died on the cross, that whole system was broken. God came, and he has now poured out his spirit where all who would receive him can hear from him. We can all talk to God. The Bible calls all of us a royal priesthood. You don't have to go to a pastor. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to give an offering to get a word from God. No, you can go to the high priest and mediator, Jesus. You can talk with him, and he'll talk back to you. Oh, it's the heart of David. My heart has heard you, God, say, Come, talk with me. And his response is, God, I'm coming. I'm coming. If I could ask the worship team to come, I want to share a story, and then we'll close. That verse that says, lament and mourn and weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy be turned to gloom. Um, Again, This is a passage that's talking to those who are in sin or those who are double-minded. And if I could summarize and make that as simple as I possibly can, I, I want to encourage you, take sin seriously. Jesus was serious enough about sin that he was willing to die for it. I don't share this part of my story very often. I talk often about how I was dying of a drug overdose. I cried out to God. He raised me up. And, uh, and man, I, I, I kicked cocaine that day. God set me free in one instance, and he can do that. If you've got addiction, if you're in bondage today, God can set you free. He really can. And I began to go after God. I, I began to fall in love with Jesus. I applied to Christ for the Nations I wanted to go to school, and uh, I, I, I was praying, God, use me to be a missionary. 
If I was going to do anything for the Lord, that's what I thought I could do. And so I applied, but I had a problem. I still like to smoke Pacalolo. For those who don't know, I, I like to smoke weed. And I didn't see a problem with it. I, I'd look at this thing and I'd say stupid things like, well, it's the herb of the Lord. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'd talk about the health benefits, right? Uh, Got to deal with this glaucoma. Can't let that come. And it's a foolish. Anybody who smokes weed, you know, you hack up your lung. And you tell me that's health benefits. Any moron knows that's not health benefits. But that's the kind of stuff that I would say, and I've heard other people over the years say that. And I couldn't. You couldn't point me to one verse in Scripture. I've learned since then, oh, the Bible has a lot to say about that. The Bible talks about pharmaceuticals. Pharmacia is the Greek word literally dealing with any mind-altering substance. It's an open door for bondage to come into your life. I could do teaching in theology. But I went one night, and I was still smoking weed every day of my life. And I went one night to a church service because I love Jesus. I was double-minded. I love my weed, but I love Jesus. And I was doing what I could. Now, he's not smoking weed, I promise you. He's coughing there, bud. <laughs> We're holding each other accountable, trying to quit. No. I went to a church meeting, and um, there's a prophet there. We're going to have a prophet in our church in a couple weeks, by the way. In fact, next week, Mother's Day, we'll have a prophet. And I was excited because this prophet, he was a missionary to China, and he was visiting our church. He did graduated from Christ for the Nations. And I, I was so excited because I'm like, I'm about to go to Christ for the Nations. I got accepted, and I'm going in a couple weeks. And, and so I, I asked him, would you pray for me as you send me? And, uh, and he laid hands on me and began to bless me. And then he stops. And anybody knows when a prophet stops when they're praying for you, that's a scary thing. He says, son, look at me. I look at him. And he says, you're not going to Christ for the nations when you think you are. You have continued to live in sin, and you think God doesn't care. But he does. He's asking you to repent today. Listen, he said, God has marked you for ministry. He's going to use you. Don't be discouraged, but you need to take your sin seriously and you need to repent. Guys, what hit me in that moment, I think honestly it was the first time in my life that I really got a glimpse of how God felt about my compromise. Something hit me that day. Weeping, mourning, lamenting, that thing hit my soul. I began to weep and cry, and I was hard. I know some of you, you see me preach, and I'll, I'll weep under the presence of God at times, but at that time, I never cried. I never shed a tear. I could not stop crying as I began to feel how serious God was about my sin and His desire to set me free. I got in, I stayed there in the service 45 minutes. I got in the car. I drove home weeping the entire time. I just, I couldn't even shake it. I couldn't get over it. The next day, Monday, I get a call from Christ for the Nations. We heard that you still have outstanding legal matters. And unfortunately, we can't take you if you're on probation or court supervision. We've had to deny your application. You cannot come to CFNI until it's done. 
Just like the prophet said, I got my application denied. But I determined, God, I'm going after you. I'm going after you. I started getting in every prayer meeting. I joined a life group. I started playing drums on the worship team. I started doing everything I could. I began to take double shifts so I could save money so that whenever I was able to go to school, I'd be able to pay for it. I got a call less than a week later. My guidance counselor, I still remember, her name was Junko. The woman of God, I think she was from Korea. And she calls me and says, for some reason, Jacob, I just could not just throw your application out. So like I just felt like God really has a call. And so I took your application and I resubmitted it before the board and asked if they would make an exception for you. They said that if you don't get in trouble, if you don't get arrested, if you don't go through, if you do good, then next semester you'll be allowed to come. And that's exactly what happened. In fact, the, I went and if, if I had gone when I originally wanted, I never would have met Leah. She came a semester after me. She would have been a full year behind me in different classes and all of that. Even in the midst of my foolishness and my pettiness, God was still orchestrating my life, making sure I got around the right people. Wow. With every head bowed and everyone praying right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor Jacob, I want to get serious about my sin today. I'm not going to brush it off as a little thing. It's not just a little weed. It's not just a little porn. It's not just a little compromise. It's not just a little lie. It's not just a little. No, I, I'm taking it serious today. I want to I wanna deal with it. I don't want it in my life anymore. I'll weep. I'll, I'll grieve in my heart over this thing. And I, and I recognize, God, you want me to lay it down. Come on, nobody's looking around, but if you're here and you say, God is putting his finger on an area of your life, and he's saying, surrender this to me. Give this to me. Come on, if God's speaking to you in an area, one or more things, I want you to lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many, so many, so many. Hallelujah, you can put your hands down. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Jacob, um, you know, my battle I recognize is a spiritual battle. The devil has attacked me in my health. The devil has attacked relationships. The devil has attacked finances. I realize that what I'm going through is spiritual warfare, and I'm ready to resist the devil. He needs to flee. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Jacob, I'm going through spiritual warfare, and I'm believing today is a day of victory for me. Come on, if that be you, I want you to lift your hands all across this room. Hallelujah. 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 So many hands. So many hands. Come on, if you lifted your hands for one or, or more of those things, would you just stand to your feet right now? I'm going to pray for both of them right now. Hallelujah. In fact, if you didn't raise your hands, why don't you join those who are? We're all going to stand, and we're going to go after this thing. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Come on, just whatever that area of need is in your life, just begin to talk to him now. Just begin to talk to him now. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, we surrender all that we are to you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, we surrender all that we are to you, God. Oh, your word says that as we humble ourselves before you, you will lift us up. 
God, today you're calling your people higher. Oh, the devil is fleeing from our lives. Sin is falling off of our lives. And we're going to soar. We're going to soar with you, oh Lord. Oh God, change our mindset. Change our belief system. Break double-mindedness, oh God. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Come on, I want to lead us in a declaration. You know, the Bible... The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you can be born again. Come on, today we are laying sin down. And I believe that Jesus in one instance can impart his righteousness, his perfect life into you and to me. Whatever that sin is, whatever it was that you raised your hand and you stood up, I want you to picture that thing. And you're laying it before Jesus today. I'm not picking up that drug any longer. I'm leaving my anger before you, Lord. That compromise in my heart, that lust thing, God, that greed thing, that pride, that arrogance, oh Lord, that envy that I have, oh God, I'm giving it to you. I'm not going there any longer. I want to lead us in a prayer right now. I want everybody to pray this with me right out loud. Pray, dear Jesus, I come to you and I acknowledge I've sinned. I've done things that break your heart, but I repent. I acknowledge it's wrong and I turn away from that sin. I'm asking you, Lord, give me the power to walk right with you. I need your strength. I need your grace. And so I ask you, take my sin, wash me, cleanse me by your blood, make me brand new, and give me your righteousness. Give me your Holy Spirit. Lead me and direct me Every day of my life, I surrender all that I am to you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my very best friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, praise God. Come on, praise God like you've got victory. Praise God like he's setting you free. Now, I thought it might be a little much if I called for every single prayer need to come down, but I do want to take a moment. And if you're here and you recognize that there's a measure of spiritual warfare that's going on around you right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to step forward. And the reason is, the Bible says, is we submit to God. And when we come forward in a moment of prayer, that's an act of submission. It's an act of surrender. And the Bible says when we submit to God, then we can resist the devil and he will flee. And so many of us raised our hands saying, I'm going through some warfare right now and I don't know what area it's in. But you know exactly what came into your heart when I said that. And if that's you, I want you to begin to step out from your seat right now and we're going to pray. Come on, the devil's going to flee off of the lives of those who need it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
He's not touching our finances. He's not touching your children. He's not touching your health any longer. He's not slowing or delaying projects that you've got. Come on, dreams and desires. Come close if you can. Make room for others that are coming now. Hallelujah. 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 Come. Yeah, they're still coming. We'll make room as much as we can. Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, on the authority of Scripture, as we submit to you, as we resist the devil, he must flee in the name of Jesus. God, you know every situation that's represented here right now. You know where the enemy has attempted to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God, I declare on the authority of John 10.10, those wonderful words in red, the words of Jesus, I have come to give you life and life more abundant. God, I'm asking that today you would release a new resurrection, life, and power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. That was the promise he gave Joshua. You're going to go. Take that land. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you land. I'm going to bless everything that you touch. And the Bible at the end of Joshua says that God did everything that he promised. But he said, I am fighting for you. And I need you to grab hold of that today. You're not in this fight alone. Yes, you take up armor. Yes, you take up the word. But all you do is you submit your life to our chief commanding officer. You surrender your life to King Jesus. And he'll give marching orders. He will fight on your behalf. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I've got a, a, I'm just, I'm going to say this. I've been stepping out on limbs more and more. But uh, Miss Melissa, I pray that every demon that has tried to hang around, it's like I just see like these bats that have just tried to harass and, and just irritate you. And I pray that for every irritating demonic presence, that God would replace it with an angelic presence. This which is releasing blessing, His favor, His goodness, His reward. And I declare on the authority of Scripture that what the enemy has taken every season, things in the emotions, things relationally, I just command that the devil must repay tenfold over your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I got a picture in the first service. I had a buddy who used to work for one of these like uh, furniture rental places. You could like go rent a TV and uh, don't ever do that, by the way. Um, but, uh, but if you didn't pay your bills, he was the guy who would go with the truck and go and take the couch out of your living room or take your TV away. Repo man, repo man. And uh, and this is this is such a funny word, but... I felt like, and this is something I want every one of you to grab hold of. 
whatever the devil has taken from you, whatever the devil has stolen from you, I feel like the Holy Ghost is going to begin to operate as a repo man on your behalf. That he's going to go back and he's going to take that which was stolen from you. But the Lord demands that it happens with interest. You're not just getting back what was taken, but you're receiving back a multiplied blessing. So if he stole a season in your health, God, you're going to give me that many years. If he robbed you of a business idea, come on. The devil must repay you tenfold. And you better call him on the carpet. That's what this time is about. I don't know what you came down here for, but this is a moment for you to call him on the carpet. What you stole in my marriage, what you stole from my children, that business idea that you took, that car that you robbed from me, Satan, I'm calling you on the carpet, and I'm releasing the Holy Ghost repo, man. He's going to take that thing, and he's going to bring it back tenfold. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. Kula Joe, this is a word for you. This is a word for you. Joel chapter 3 says that God will restore the years that the locust has eaten. And everything that has been stolen from you, man of God, Today, we shine a light on the enemy and we demand that he repay tenfold what was taken from you in Jesus' name. There's a multiplication and an advancement. Get ready, man of God. Get ready. Get ready. God is getting ready to unfold blessings to you that you can't even wrap your mind around. It's almost like a Job type of situation. Where God, family's been cut off and this building fell down and this property was burnt up. and uh, But God restored it better than before. And that's what God's going to do. That's what God's going to do. He's going to restore better than before. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But God just dropped something in my heart and for those who have miscarried babies Jesus I pray that you would bind up broken heartedness you're good God didn't take that baby God didn't take that baby. I want you to hear that God is good. And if you had some dumb preacher say, oh, God just needed another angel in heaven, another flower in his garden. No, no. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God has come. Life and life more abundant. And for those who have lost children, God, I ask that you would restore to your people what was taken. Restore to your people what was taken. God, I pray for those who have a desire for children. 
Give them children. Give them children. Come on, there's some of you. I, 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 don't, I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's somebody who's here right now. You've actually given up hope that you could have a baby. You've given up hope that you could have a baby. And you, you've just decided, well, maybe I'll just foster, maybe I'll adopt. And as wonderful as that is, I'm encouraging you. Don't let go of the vision that God gave you for a family. You will have children that bear your name. Lord, I pray that hundredfold blessing from Matthew 19. The back of the devil is broken off of your life today. God is moving us into a realm of blessing. everybody to look at me right now. Everybody look at me. Today, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Some of you aren't grabbing hold of this. Today, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah. Wow. Man, I, I could just keep on going. We get in this prophetic flow. I, I'm going to pray for one more thing, and then, and then I, I got to be done. We have another service that's going to come in here. Who is it you wake up, and I feel like there's several, probably four, that you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just hit with anxiety, you're hit with fear. It literally robs you of your sleep. Who am I talking to? Would you just, yeah, two, three. C come close, come close here. We're going to pray for you. That's, that's done. I'm just, is it him too? Okay, there's four. Come here, come here, buddy. It's done. Guys, I'm just like, that's okay. He can stay. That's fine. We're going to make him anxious, make him come down to the front. I'm just done, man. There's a moment my son, he'd wake up with night terrors, and my wife, I'll never forget the night. She's just like, I'm going to treat the devil like the dog that he is. If you had a, you got a rabid dog running through your house, how are you going to just shoot, buddy? You just go on. Let's find a nice scripture. Let's sing a song. No. I'm, I'm going to freak you guys out if I just... How would you yell at a dog going after your children in the house? That's how you need to begin to treat the devil. That's how you need to begin to treat the devil. And when I know that people, all of you have areas that you acknowledge, man, I've had something that's stolen, killed, robbed, and I'm done with it, man. I am done. Today we're waging war on the devil, and he's not going to jack with the people of God any longer. He's not. It's done. It's done. Lord, 
I take authority over this anxiety, over this fear that is trying to come upon the people of God. I say no more in the name of Jesus. You will not lose one more bit of sleep in Jesus' name. It stops now in Jesus' name. It ends today in Jesus' name. Every torment, every fear, it must cease in Jesus' name. I pray the peace of God. I pray the joy of the Lord will come in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray even where the devil has attempted to rob things, Lord, I just pray over every one of these that you would just release, Lord. Show them things in the prophetic. May they have dreams about Jesus. May they have dreams where you're showing them things, oh Lord. Yeah. Freedom coming in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woman of God. Hey, what's your name? What is it? Eddie? God is giving you entrepreneurial ideas that are going to release incredible wealth into the kingdom of God. Like, I just see, like, even in your dreams, it's like you're, you're like blueprints coming to you and God just showing you creative ideas and things. Uh, take that stuff seriously. Write it down. You'll know when it's right. God's going to bring the right people. Who, you're like, I don't know what to do with this stuff, but God will bring the right relationships in the right time. God's going to give you favor, not only with Him. You already have it. You have His heart. But God is going to bring right people into your life as well. I just see partnerships coming. And you're going to be able to form that which God has put on the inside of you. Yeah. And it's going to multiply. It's not just going to be for you, but you're going to teach others. I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's almost like I see conferences where you're beginning to share. And it's like kingdom entrepreneurial. Like you're going to teach people how to hear from God to get witty ideas and inventions. Is that all? Bear, bear witness with you at all? I just pray, open the windows of heaven over her. Creative ideas. Creative ideas. Wisdom and revelation in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, man. If you guys have never come out on a Thursday night, don't run back to your seat just yet. I'm going to pray a blessing and then I'll let you go. We're going to make room for our Slavic ministry coming in. But on Thursday nights at 6 o'clock, um, I do a teaching for about 20 minutes and then we prophesy. We release the word of the Lord and it's been awesome. God, oh my goodness, some of the words of knowledge is like when God just begins to say, like nobody knew that but God. We've had some amazing moments like that these last number of weeks. And so um, if you hunger for the prophetic, the word of the Lord, or even to be activated in prophecy, come out on Thursday nights. It's a lot of fun. Well, did you get something today? 
Were you blessed today? Hallelujah.